going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by the beanie boy himself, Joe Dorville. What's up, man? What's going on, Fulham? Fulham? Fulham, 13 points in two games. That's what's going on, baby. That's what's going on. Boom. Scored a touchdown and two field goals the last two games, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. If you are new to the program, quick rundown of this show. We're going to start every week the same way we always do. Go over the major topics in uh, the major sports. Right now, we're talking a lot of NFL with the playoffs happening. Then we're going to do the quick hits, which is going to be uh, just Joe and I go back and forth about some quick tertiary topics. Normally, we uh, do the walk off, uh, but because of all the playoff action happening, Joe's on a travel day schedule, and I have a bunch of other stuff to do for the other podcast. We're going to skip the walk-offs today. No worries, though, because no one's going to cry. Then we'll finish out with the press conference. But let's start this week the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right. Joe, we are talking in the kickoff. We're going to talk NFL. And in the NFL, we're going to talk NFL playoffs. Joe, do you know what time it is? It is 7.17 a.m. your time. But no, I'm <laughs> more referencing time for Game of the Week. Game of the Week. <laughs> so for those of you listening uh, who don't watch football for some reason or another, uh, it is the playoffs in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, first of all, that's weird. Second of all, it is the playoffs in the NFL. Um, uh, some two good games this uh, past week for Wild Card Weekend. Two, I'd say two close games. Yes, two close games. Yeah, you're right. Uh, a lot of weird two close stuff games happening. With a bit of controversy, controversy. Yeah, <laughs> they're. Uh, first game we're going to talk about San Francisco at Dallas. This is played in Jerry World. Um, 81% of the public money was on uh, San Francisco. They were kind of the darlings going into this game. The only reason I bring that up, I know we don't talk a lot of gambling, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, Dallas is next season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, every, all those apps just got legalized in New York. You should see it. It's like a mad dash for (laughs) everybody. I'm so excited for next season, but uh, yeah. So, San Francisco was the darling kind of going into this game. Dallas had kind of fallen off the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about it. Their offense looked great one week, then spotty the next week. The defense looked good, but it looked like you could score on them. So going into this game, everyone was talking about San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. And believe it or not, San Francisco pulled it out, man. San Francisco pulled it out. Um, Last week, I said they would win if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. Um, he looked to be healthy, but made a lot of the same mistakes that, you know, the reason they went and drafted Trey Lance. Um, but the difference in this game was they were just the tougher team and the yeah. smarter team. They just kept punching them in the mouth. Yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo owes uh, Debo Samuel some of his game check. Oh, uh, he does for sure. That's the thing I wanted to ask you about. So. We obviously understand the story with Dallas. It's every year, you know, they, everyone goes in the season being like, all right, this is our year. Then some, most years they'll win a couple of games early and everyone's like, here we go. This is it. Then they get overhyped because they're America's team and they're popular. So a lot of people want to talk about them. So then they get overhyped and then it's a disappointment. It's been like that for 
30 years now. They haven't 20, won a... At least 25 plus. Yeah, they haven't won a home playoff game or a playoff game in forever. Um, and so, to me, we get that story. We understand that. And I, they're going to come back next year, retool. I mean, obviously, two years ago was an aberration because Dak went down. But they, I mean, they look like they're going to make the playoffs for the next couple of years, at least. Uh, San Francisco is the thing that I wanted to ask you about because they go out and basically mortgage the farm for Trey Lance. Trey Lance obviously is super talented, but very raw, cannot start right away, needs to sit behind Jimmy. But Jimmy, when he's healthy, has like a significantly high win percentage. Like he's gone to a Super Bowl. He's not a terrible quarterback. He does make that weird like Jimmy. The win percentage is not a quarterback stat. He's a part of a bigger collective and that team and that machine moves even when he's out, not there. He just, just has a higher ceiling than some of the backups they've had in the past, but they were willing winning games with Nick Mullins every once in a while, winning games with CJ Beathard. Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. Um, and he has a system that you could plug any like mundane quarterback into and be semi-effective but if you have a higher well, so level that's, quarterback that's where you, i want to push get back. a couple wins that's where i want to push back because if you say you have a relatively you could have a relatively mundane quarterback and still win in that system then why isn't the guy they traded three picks for starting if it's a plug-and-play quarterback or uh, system-driven quarterback excels why is trey lance on the bench because one, they've committed a lot of money to Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, not a ton. It, at one it's point, like, he had the highest contract. Now his cap has gone down. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's only like contract. next year. It's only like twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, I was say, they're at the back end of the deal. But um, the the kid is on the bench because the kid is a kid. The kid hasn't played football yeah, in like what is the youngest a season? He played one game last year, yeah. so he doesn't understand how to read. I don't think they're doing much defensive reading. Out in uh, North Dakota State or whatever. No, I don't think so. You so can ask uh, Carson there, about There's that. different elements to why he's sitting down. Um, but yeah, I no. only wanted to be, um, I only kind of wanted to push back because it's one of those things where I think we, it happens a lot. Um, and not you specifically, but like the Bill Belichick thing. When Brady left, everyone was like, oh, Brady's a, a system quarterback. He's not going to excel anywhere else. Belichick made him. And now Belichick obviously is struggling with his quarterback situation. We'll talk about that later. And Brady won a Super Bowl the next year. So it's like, I always like when people say, oh, well, it's the system. It's like, okay, well, if it's the system, I understand like Beathard won some games there. And uh, I, that's why I said, I didn't say Jimmy Garoppolo was Joe Schmo. I said that you didn't, you didn't hear me out until the end. I said, you could plug in any mundane quarterback and get some wins. But if you have a higher level quarterback, you're going to yeah. get Constant production. Jimmy's higher level, but Jimmy's not upper echelon. No, yeah, I completely agree with that. He's not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew yeah. Brees, but I, I don't think, I think sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo gets looked at because of all the weapons and because of that scheme. I think sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo gets looked at as like Andy Dalton. And I'm like, eh, I think I'd take Jimmy over Andy. <laughs> Andy Dalton in his prime. That I'd might have been a take great Andy analogy. I just Jimmy. stumbled in. Yeah. Andy Dalton in his prime. I might take over Jimmy. 
Yeah, he did go to the playoffs. What was that? Eight years in a row? Like Five forever row, many like times. That. Couldn't get a fucking win. Jesus Christ. Speaking of taking the Bengals to the playoffs. Oh, no, uh, no. That- we can't be done with this game. So no. much happened this day. You just going to walk over the, so the final drive. I was drive. so excited. I was so excited that I had that great transition. You had a great transition. But Brandon, that final drive, what what were your thoughts? What were your opinions? Did Mike uh, McCarthy blow the game? Who might not have seen it. Um, the Dallas was driving to uh, win the game. They were down by six. They could have uh, scored, tied it up, and then kicked the extra point to win the game. Uh, no but timeouts. The clock, clock was running down. No timeouts. Um, so it was what third and five. Dak takes off, uh, runs like thirty yards, um, tries to reset the ball as time winds down. So the play starts with fourteen seconds left. A um, couple of things. My first thought is. You got to try to chuck it downfield because it takes less time to throw the ball and it'd be incomplete because then the clock stops than it does to run, obviously. Um, And the other thing, too, is that you can't, as the quarterback center tandem, you cannot set up like that. Like, you know, the ref has to touch the ball. The line judge has to touch the ball. So you like you can't get set. And then when the line judge comes running in from the back and like bumps into Dak and like, is like trying to get the ball so they can snap it. Like, you can't be like, what the fuck? Like in the presser afterwards, he's like, I don't know what happened. Like we got set up and then I got hit from behind. It's like, you need to know the rules, dude. Like what the fuck? What did you think? Um, one shocker. I thought it was a good play. Like the idea the taking off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could throw it then that's less time. Yeah. Yeah. But Taking off, I mean, the middle of the field was wide ass open. Um, but you got to know it's something we talked about before. Like you, normally, it's basketball. You got to know time and situation. Like, yep, you can't go for seventeen yards when you know it, there's only fourteen seconds left, and you can't spike the ball with one second left. Like we saw that in the college game, Miami versus I think that was versus Florida State, where uh, Van Dyke is trying to spike the ball in one second. You can't spike the ball in one second. You need two seconds. So you got to have an internal clock going. Like, okay, I snapped the ball with fourteen seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Yep. Get down eventually. Um, if he would have got down earlier, they have a better chance at that instead of trying to get all eat all the yards until he's about to get hit and stopping. Um, and that, yeah, to your other point, uh, normally you have a receiver or running back in that situation who's knows that the, once you get up, the first thing you do is look for the referee to hand them the ball, whereas Dak just. And in the and in the moment, trying to rush everything, just went right to his center. Both of them should know that they can't just hike the ball then in there. Um, yep. But and yeah, it's funny just, too because we come down on skill guys all the time when they screw that up. Exactly. We're, exactly. Like, Who was it? We, was it Claypool? Always, was it? Yep. That's Claypool exactly what I'm talking one about. One of the when, big ones this year, and then there was a. You're like, a what Seattle. an idiot! You have to know the rule. And then with Dak. The fucking quarterback, the leader of the team in the center is the basically the general of the field general, of the offensive line for those two not to know. I'm yeah. sure they know it, but for them not to do it in the moment, it's like, OK, we for get mad at completely these. forget it. It's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. We get mad at these but, quote um, unquote diva positions when they forget it. And we're like, God, all they care about is themselves, not the team. It's like the quarterback is the main guy. And you're, you're, he didn't you're even do it. it on how smart you are. We only hear yep, about the quarterback's exactly. wonderlicks. We never hear about the receiver's wonderlicks and whatnot, even though the wonderlick is a dumb measurement of intel- intellect. But, uh, but yeah, so I just thought it was, um, they, they had the right design. It, 
but they just executed execution was poor. Yeah. Um, execution I think, was poor. Um, big picture. I think Dallas is back in the playoffs next year. Um, I don't know. I want to see with San Francisco because they, they're so plagued with injuries and I don't want to go start predicting like, Oh, what's going to happen next year already. Cause we still have the playoffs to get through, but Dallas has a young core CD lamb, Micah Parsons, Dax just got the new contract. I mean, they can dump Zeke. Uh, you know, you can find running backs wherever, but Amari Cooper still has, I think two oh, years left gallops from playing well. So I think, I think Dallas is going to be okay as much as it pains me to say, cause I'm not a big Dallas fan, but that defense, as long as Dan Quinn doesn't take another job as a head coach and stays the defensive coordinator, I think they're going to be all right. Um, I'd like to just take these next few seconds to laugh. Uh, this is my Stephen A. Brandon, nothing makes me happier now living in the big D that the big D is a little D and their little D got so many penalties. This is the most penalized team. And that's another thing that shot them in the foot. They had tied the team high for most penalties in a playoff game. They had 14 penalties for damn near 100 yards, Brendan. This team is undisciplined. And I'm going to blame some of that on Mike McCarthy. And I'm going to blame some of that on this stupid-ass fan base that, oh, everybody wants to talk about the Eagles and their fans. They were throwing things at the players at the end of this game. There, uh, Demarcus Lawrence had to deflect like a water bottle coming for his head with his helmet as he was walking off the field. It's so, so uncouth. These fans out here in Dallas, they keep saying how they love their team through thick and thin. Uh, that's not what the record shows, folks. That's not what the record shows. So, yeah, take that. All right, there you, you go. Know take what, that you know what makes a good day bad? You know what makes a bad day good, Brennan? Dallas losing. Well, a good weekend, a bad weekend good. Dallas losing. Is Steven, I'm confused about that. Is the Stephen A. Smith thing, is he for, he's against Dallas. Yeah, he hates Dallas. Well, he doesn't even hate Dallas. He's just playing a superhero villain against okay, Dallas. Okay, yeah, because they talk about it every day on first. I, like, I don't watch first take. I refuse to watch the show because it's, I don't like the, like, I like PTI more than first take because first take yeah. it's all like just hot takey shit. So I don't watch it, but they always have clips on my ESPN app on my phone. Or like if I'm on watching Sports Center, they'll like throw up a clip of Stephen A. wearing that big cowboy hat. And I'm like, what is is he what is he doing? He's trolling that. So it started okay. because so just Skip Bayless is a huge cowboy fan. Yeah. And so the troll started there. But like you said, Cowboys America's team. So whatever whenever you talk about them good nor or bad you're gonna chart you're gonna rate whatever happened so. to skip bayless i know you went to fs1 and he kind of fell off the he map. does that show with shannon that some people watch that i refuse to watch i uh, yeah i'm i'm over it when you <laughs> have these anchors and these talking heads trying to be bigger than the sports that they're covering i'm i'm all right i'm all right with that all right, this game was intense. We're probably we're definitely going in order. It looks like you have it on here uh, from like most uh, like craziest well, the last games. Four, I just kind of just threw up there. Yeah, to blowouts. <laughs> um, so the next game is Las Vegas, Cincinnati. Very controversial call in this one. Um, I what was it? Third quarter, second quarter, third uh, quarter. Yeah, so third quarter. Uh, Cincinnati Third quarter, second quarter, second quarter. Sorry. It was the second quarter. Yeah. Cause it was before the half. Um, yeah. Cincinnati is uh, up by seven. 
against the Las Vegas Raiders this is in Cincinnati. Um, Joe Burrow goes to throw up a pass whistle blown dead before the pass is even thrown. So uh, the defense kind of stops running. No, 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 no. The pass is thrown before the pass is caught. Before the pass was caught. Thank you very much. It's like two Uh, seconds before the pass is caught. Yeah. So the pass goes up in the air. Then the whistle's blown. Yeah. Because they would have stopped the play had it been blown before. So passes up in the air. Whistle gets blown. Um, But the, a lot of people at the time thought the play was dead. Even when the wide receiver caught the ball, he was like looking around like, huh? Yeah. Huh? The defender, (laughs) you could tell, stopped running. So anyway, the reason I bring that up is because then Cincinnati goes up 14, nothing. But, but. Super controversial call. By the end of the game, Cincinnati wins by how much, Joe? A touchdown. A touchdown. They win by seven points. So super controversial call. A couple things I wanted to say. Uh, Vegas, great story. Love to hear it. Love to see what happened, especially after all the turmoil the team went through. Cincinnati was the better team. The right team won this game. Controversy or not, Cincinnati won this game. And they were going to win anyway. They should have won. Right team wins. Yeah, the right team won. Um, and the funny thing about that, so I've heard some of the players, uh, the players on the Raiders talk, they actually didn't hear the whistle. They just thought Joe Burrow stepped out. So they, yeah, that was the thing. They didn't even stop because of the whistle. They just um, assumed he went out of bounds. They just assumed he went out of bounds for some for some odd reason. Uh, and then you play until the whistle, and then the whistle came. So. A bunch of a confluence of events. But my thing is, even if they don't score, even though they don't get the touchdown there, they get the field goal. The game looks a little different, but I think they still prevail. Like you said, I think they were the better team that day. Um, all hence by the final play. The Raiders are driving on the final drive. Um, they have a final ditch effort. And I don't know why Carr threw that so soon. Um, the play f- didn't fully develop at that point. Oh yeah, and it wasn't like he was getting pressured; like nobody was really in his face or in the space. And he just threw a bad ball, and it got picked off. Um, and that's how the game ended. Kudos. And that to- was that was that was it too. That was he only had the one pick, and it was that one. Three hundred ten yeah. yards, a touchdown. Going into that final drive, he was looking good, and you're like, oh, maybe he can pull it out. And then, yeah, um. I was going to say kudos to Cincinnati first playoff win in over 30 years. Whoa. I think like 31 years. Yeah. It's the Bo um, Jackson, um, the Bo Jackson curse. Yeah. Uh, I heard a funny tidbit last week where no one's been able to text Cincinnati wins a playoff game because the first text was sent in 1992 and their last playoff win was 1991. So we can undo that. Um, huh. yeah, funny little tidbit there. Uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was real cool that uh, Zach Taylor took the game ball to like a local bar and everything. Um, and then this is another funny thing stat I heard, Brennan. This is the first team where the quarterback threw for 4,000 yards, the running back ran for a thousand oh, yeah, yards, and they had 2,000 yard receivers, and they're all under 25. Um, this team. Is 25 or under. Joe Mixon is 25. 25 or under, sorry. Um, as we learned, I, I apologize for that. The other week, you did say 20 to 21 um, or 21, 22. You didn't say 25, basically. Um, but yeah, no, this team is going to be a problem for some time, and there may be a problem this weekend as well. But we'll get to that in a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, shout out to the Raiders for having a hell of a season through all that turmoil. Uh, so yeah. I said was drafted at 20 or 21. Jones That's what it was. Because That's he's now 25. But mm-hmm. it seems like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, that was. it's crazy that you bring that up because that was the same thing I was alluding to like a few weeks ago where it was like, they're the only team to have all these players at this certain threshold now. And then, you know, three weeks later, it's, you know, they're all over a thousand yards. I think because this team is so young, as long as the defense, the defense is what worries me. So offense, they've got all these weapons. We've seen what the offense can do. Joe Burrow's still running for his life a lot of times, so they need to figure out the offensive line. But the defense is what makes me nervous because it is very much kind of like a ragtag group mm. um, that kind of overachieved this year. I think you'd agree. Uh, yeah. Nobody, like, and I know we joke about the Hendrickson thing, but when he was signed, there was a huge part of me in the back of my head where I'm like, this is going to be, and we're going to be like, oh, it's Cam Jordan's defense. Yeah, he was, was just like, benefit. Oh, huge. In the back of my head, I was like, don't fuck me on this track. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he played, he played really well this year, but it's a lot of guys on that defense. I don't, I can't even name a bunch of them off the top of my head. The secondary needs to be worked on. So that's, that's the part that makes me probably the most nervous as far as them moving forward. Yeah. And the Raiders, uh, I'm interested to see what uh, they look like going forward because they just fired Mike Mayock and um, the coaching situation is a bit in flux now. So who's going to be the talent evaluator? Mayock wasn't great at the first round thing. I mean, some of those weren't. I mean, you can't predict the thing with, you know, your receiver and your cornerback doing those uh, things where they ended up getting cut. But Cleveland Farrell is one of the, like, the big misses. Um, that was a huge miss. Yeah, and then they drafted Lynn Bowden Jr. and then traded him like after a year to Miami. So there are a couple first round misses that's like, mm, what the heck were you doing? But he found Hunter Renfro, even though I mean, how do you find Hunter Renfro after he was at Clemson for eighteen years? Everybody <laughs> kind of knew about him. You're just the guy that took him. But he found yeah. Max Crosby, who's a legit, uh, legit talent on that end. To, and good for Max Crosby getting, getting his shit together. So, and he picked up Waller, you know, Waller who was coming off a Again, bunch of stuff. Again, another guy got his, his shit together, yeah. So, yeah, he, he took gambles on a couple guys and, you know, it paid dividends for him. So, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they evaluate talent going forward. And Derek Carr has to deal with another quarterback, another quarterback, another coach and another schemes and is this person want gonna want to get rid of him the same way Gruden always seemed to want to get rid of him? So, dude, I'm looking at I'm looking at this defensive roster for Cincinnati because I was like, wait a second, I don't know. I could name Eli Apple's there, on there. You know, that's I was not a say, good thing. <laughs> there's four guys that I recognize on this defense, and I, you know how obsessed I am with the draft. And there's only fucking four people on this roster that I recognize: Trey Flowers, Vernon Hargraves the third, okay. two good players. Vernon Hargraves uh, the third, no, not a good player. You don't think Vernon so? Hargra- I think he's- Vernon Hargraves was let go by the Bucks like within his rookie deal. Oh, so he's Eli Apple the then? Okay, because Eli yeah, Apple he's is like in Eli Apple. Okay, so there's four names I recognize on this defense. <laughs> Only two are any good. Trey Flowers <laughs> and then Trey Hendrickson. Vernon Hargraves is the Eli Apple, and then there's Eli Apple. Oh, that's weird. 
same age, same year, same. Uh, they both came out of a super overrated school, one Ohio yeah. State, the other Florida. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's banana. Like some of these guys, I don't even recognize. And to me, that's weird because I watched the game. I follow the draft like crazy. So for that, I, that speaks volumes to that de- being worried about that defense. And then like what you said about uh, the Raiders. So we'll see well, what the, happens. The crazy forward. thing about that defense. Um, I think they, everybody who started on opening day for the defense started for the playoff game for Cincinnati, but they suffered a couple of injuries, injuries in that game. So is that true? Everyone who started day one, it was started, everyone who wow. started on day one on the defense started for the playoff game. Yeah, that's crazy. That's they a had weird a lot stat. of good fortune as far as health, but they had a couple. They had like three guys, I believe, go out during the game. One of which was Trey Hendrickson. So yeah, it'll be interesting going into next week, especially if uh, the King is playing. So oh yeah, that's yeah. We're gonna get to that a little later. All right, this is my game of the week. Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. I've been toting the Rams all year. Everyone was on the Cardinals bandwagon. What did I say, Joe? What did I say? I said that towards the end of the year, the Cardinals are going to do what they always do, which is going to be fall apart. Arizona Cardinals 11, the Los Angeles Rams 34. It was a blowout, ladies and gentlemen. They were up 21 to nothing, like in the second quarter. This game was over before it started. I believe I had that. That's all I wanted to say. OBJ looked good, uh, looked really good. Matthew Stafford came out, played well. Um Thank God he didn't have those costly turnovers like he has had. And what was it? Fucking eight turnovers in the last four games of the season or three games of the season? He gave me some crazy set. I I didn't realize it was that many. I'm glad he played well. Uh, Joe, what did you take away from this? Um, A takeaway that he didn't have to have a super spectacular game. One, because the run game was established early and often between Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers. Um, and that's what they want to do. They want to get that run game going to get that defense some rest and defense in position to attack. Um, Kyler could not relax in that pocket for whatever. It looked like um, it looked like the national championship game where every time Bryce Young dropped back, Georgia was nipping at his jersey. Uh, yep. That's how it looked with Kyler too. It was it was impressive for him to get some of those things off, but then. He tried to force the issue a couple times. One time he should have took a sack and just threw up a pick six, which was in, it, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. There's been three like terrible pick sixes like on the in the end zone. Basically, one was Carson's left hand. Um, oh, one yeah. was Matthew Stafford. And the last of which was Kyler Murray in that game. Um, they just looked ill prepared. They, they weren't ready for those lights that moment. Um, from the first drive from both teams, they didn't look ready. And then the Rams' first drive was perfectly scripted. Starts off with a 35-yard run right down their throat. Um, yeah, it, it just looked like two two teams who – it came down to coaching. One team was better prepped, better ready to go. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And then it became a boat race, like you said, very, very early on. Very early yeah, on. I don't was... think the Cardinals didn't score until like the third quarter, basically. Yeah, because I kept checking in. I was at work for this game, uh, full disclosure, and I kept checking. Uh, I, I kept walking over to the bar to check the score. And the first time I went over there, it was 21 nothing. 
And then that was like in the second quarter. And then I went back over 21, nothing. Like I was like, what is <laughs> happening in this game? Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh man, we got it wrong. It was 28, nothing going into that. No, 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 no. They scored 28. No, at, 21, nothing quarter. going into the half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. What? I could remember what the Cooper cup touchdown was. Yeah. Odell had a beautiful pass. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw a tweet where it was, uh, does Odell Beckham Jr. have more passing yards than the entire Arizona Cardinals offense? Possibility at that time. Um, I wanted to get this. Sorry? No. um, I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, Kyler Murray sacked twice, hit five times, six passes deflected. So, yeah, the defense for the Rams turned it on like we thought they would all year. You, you taking one? the first one? Uh, I'll take the first one. No, um, let me take the first one. I just noticed what the second game was. <clears throat> not to talk right. about that. <laughs> uh, one more round. We're going to do quickly talk about some of the other playoff games. And then we're going to do a one more round 2.0 to talk about next week's playoff picture. So the first game I'm going to talk about is New England at Buffalo. Uh, this was a fucking slobber knocker of a Buffalo Bills win. Domination all the way around. Josh Allen, fucking only four incompletions, 308 yards, 21 to 25, five touchdowns, did not, a couple fun stats, Buffalo did not punt or kick a field goal this entire game, no kicking action except for PATs after touchdowns, scored on the first six possessions, Uh, this game got out of hand, yeah, seven, thank you, this game got out of hand quickly, Uh, Mac Jones looked human, uh, very much so looked like a rookie quarterback, 24, 38, uh, 232 as far as yards. So it looked okay, but two picks, uh, not very good time. My man, Devin Singletary motor at FAU, two touchdowns. Um, this was a weird game. I thought it'd be a lot closer than it was. Thought Bill Belichick was going to coach him up. Uh, this was a blowout. This is the Bills team. Everyone's been talking about all year. You'll remember I said a couple weeks ago when the Bills lost to the Jags, maybe this Bills team isn't what we thought it was. Then they lost to the Patriots when the Patriots only threw it like three times. And I was down on the Bills. But this, I mean, shit, if they're going to come out and play like this, this is the team to beat. This is the team. They are who we thought they were when they come out and play like this. To quote the uh, late, great Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Yeah, so Josh Allen, the game they beat New England in New England, Josh Allen had one of the games of his career, and then he upped it one level and had another game of his yeah. career for this game. And um, the discovering of the run game late in the season, I think, is definitely going to be to their benefit. If you had a, that. A formidable team going forward. Devin Singletary, I believe, had, what, 16 carries in this game? Yeah, 16 TDs, carries. About 80-some yards. Or 81 yards, yeah. That 16 yeah. carries is probably more than the last four games of the season put together exactly. as far as for him. Well, probably the first four season, first four games of the season. They gave it to him a little more at the back end. That's true, um, yeah. So, yeah. One more round. Um, the Eagles lost. The Buccaneers won. <laughs> One more round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> what more was there to say? We got no, throttled. Yeah. We had a good fourth quarter, but you know we weren't gonna we, we, uh, going into that game. I didn't think we really had a chance. We shouldn't have been in the playoff. That's one thing I meant to say. 
the same thing. This is what you're going to see in college football. If you add more games, more football doesn't mean more good football, right? Yeah. It's going to be that's more bad with this, football. Yeah. We had two good games. Yeah. And then four it bad was, games. <laughs> it was bad. Um, next one, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Pittsburgh lost Kansas City one. <laughs> like this is another bad one. Um, <laughs> Come on. This was an interesting game though in the first quarter. I believe it might have been the first two quarters. Anyway, zero zero. Then TJ Watkins, there's a strip sack by um what's what's the I want to say Claypool. Is that the Steelers defender? No, that's the wide receiver. Uh that's the wide receiver. Hayward. Hayward. Um Hayward. Okay. big hit by him. Uh then TJ Watt. Uh, basically big defensive play strip sack TJ Watt takes it in for a touchdown um, then it's 7 nothing Pittsburgh and everyone's looking around like what the fuck because this is like a quarter into the game yeah. um, it was 0-0 after the first quarter but then uh, Kansas City turns it on Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of football looks bored out there and I've said a million times they can't turn it on I don't think Kansas City will make it to the Super Bowl with this team because um, you can't just turn it on but, I mean, they did what we thought they were going to do against Pittsburgh. And Big Ben, I would not be shocked if he came out and said, well, I never officially said I was retiring. That's what everybody else said. But he looked bad. It looked, it was just bad. Najee Harris, first fumble in his entire career in the NFL, came on a very important drive. Wow. Breaking That's news. kind of what kicked off the Kansas City avalanche of scoring. All right. Yeah, the avalanche, as Brennan said, it was 7-zip, and then it was 35-7. Yep. One more round. All right, time for one more round. Number two, Joe, I am hosting this week. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to preview the playoff picture for next week. Joe, Cincinnati, Tennessee, take it away. All right, Cincinnati, Tennessee. This is a tough one to, to really analyze because I have not been high on Tennessee for most of the season, but they ended up getting the number one seed. Uh, Tannehill has not looked good whatsoever, throwing for under 200 yards for about half of the games after Derrick Henry went down. Derrick Henry, who, mind you, Brendan, you've been saying this a lot. You can't, you know, can't get a running back in the first round. Can't get a running back in the first round. Do you know Derrick Henry's a second round pick, Brendan? I don't I know, know how that. I let this pass for so long. <laughs> He's a second round pick. You son of a bitch. So, <laughs> there, wait, wait a second. I like, feel like I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. Wait, I can explain. No, Derek Henry is a second round, early second round. I think he was like the He was like the 45th pick, pick in the draft. Okay. Um, but my whole thing is, when you can get talent like that, Aaron Jones, same thing. Uh, when you can get talent, Jonathan Taylor, same thing. When you can get talent like that, you should never take a running back in the first round because you can get someone like Derrick Henry in the second. Also, I use Derrick Henry as my poster boy for don't pay the running back, not no. for don't take them in the first round. All right. All right. Well, first round is, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Colts drafted. Got out of Alabama. Oh, you remember? yeah. Trent, Trent, Trent Richardson. Yeah, that's my One good season even. where he was carrying the ball maybe like 3.8 yards of carry, but that was because yeah. they just handed to him every play. And then after that, he was just gone. That was a disaster. That okay. was a disaster. That's that was mean. my don't draft Alabama running backs. But then Mark Ingram and yeah, uh, Derrick Henry kind of changed that. 
Uh, Eddie Lacy also was not yeah, the greatest Eddie? of picks. Uh, don't do that to Eddie. All right? He has problems with that. He has weight problems. You know? Some people can't deal with it. Anyways. I mean, um, he was still a grown ass fuck. I wouldn't <laughs> want to tackle him. <laughs> exactly. Big ass. Um, big ass. Literally, his butt was so but, big with that um, muscle. Like, get out of here, in. please. Ah. It's my time in one more round. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I uh, I kind of want to go with the upset of Cincinnati winning this game, but riding with a young team never really pans out. But uh, fuck, I'm doing it anyways. I think I think they have the offensive firepower. Um, That's exactly what Derrick it is. Derrick Henry, I, I want to see how healthy he is. I won't be shocked if Tennessee wins, but I'm going with Cincinnati this week. Derrick Henry on one foot. Derrick Henry on one leg, Cincinnati with all that firepower, Cincinnati wins it. Um, hey, Derrick Henry on one foot still ran through that team where he got That's hurt. True. <laughs> That's true. San Francisco at Green Bay. Um, great story with San Francisco, but Green Bay's got, I think they've got too much now. Don't be fooled. San Francisco's gone into Green Bay twice in the last decade and beat them. Um, so I don't want to, and Green Bay every year we see this, Host a home playoff game and then they falter. Yeah, uh, sorry. Thanks for picking that up. My uh, my dog is like freaking out. Um, I wanted to. I'm gonna take Green Bay. I want to take Green Bay. I think Green Bay's got the better team. Bakhtiari's coming back. Some of their injured defensive players are coming back. Um, but don't don't sleep on San Francisco. And this is not a oh San Francisco just beat Dallas take. This is a in the last decade, the San Francisco has, for Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, has won in Green Bay, in Green Bay, three times in the last decade. So this is not a, oh, they're on a run thing. This is a historically in the past 10 years, San Francisco has Green Bay's number. But and, I'm still going to take Green Bay. And the thing with San Francisco is they are the scariest team at this time because everybody has built their defense uh, to deal with all these finesse teams to deal with the yep, extra passing yep. and everything Fuck like that. Yeah. And San Francisco is a old school punch you in the mouth type of team. So. Everyone said, all right, you want to do speed on offense? We'll build our defense around speed, nickel, exactly. dime. And San Francisco said, okay, we're going to go out and get some of the biggest, strongest, most motherfucking angry players. Yeah. So if, you're, if your linebacker is built like a safety used to be, your running back's running through that guy all the time now. So yeah. that is the difference there. That's what makes this... It matched up so interesting. One more round. The Las Vegas Rams at Tampa Bay. Tampa Las Bay Vegas lost Rams. this game. Damn, I did that. Los Angeles Rams at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay lost the matchup earlier in the season in Los Angeles. Um, but I think they're gonna win this one. Uh I think Stafford got his one ring one win. Sorry. Congratulations to him. But Tom Brady, and this just may be PTSD from seeing Tom Brady do it so many times <laughs> and also seeing him do it to my team last week. I think he's just on another level right now. Mike Evans seems to catch everything in his catch radius. Gronk is, I thought Gronk had like 18 catches and it was only five. I was stunned to see that. Um, and really? No matter it was what, only five? It was only five. I was stunned. I was like, every time I looked up, a T had another catch. Um, and no matter, it seems like no matter what running back they put back there, they get the benefit of the doubt because Tom Brady is running is controlling the offense. So you can't sack the box. They Tom get Brady's like a, the I say, they get like a buffer of five yards, every fucking carry. Um, 
and their defense is their defense is basically back and healthy. I thought Levante David wasn't going to be able to play that game. The he other played day, well. I would say he played pretty dang well. So coming off an injury like that, uh, I wanted to just throw this out there. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I wish the Rams would win because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, but I don't think they can get through Tampa Bay. Something mm-hmm. I heard. Um, I heard, and it was very interesting to me. So Devin White out of West Virginia, one of the best defensive players in the country. Obviously, when he was drafted, one of the best players in the NFL. But someone made a really good point. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Jonathan Vilma. I heard him on a podcast. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, without Levante David, which is, this is nerve-wracking for Tampa Bay moving forward. He said, Devin White is a missile, but Levante David is like the GPS coordinates. Like, without mm-hmm. someone to coach up, Devin White, like in game, in the like doing like in the middle of the game, Devin White's not nearly as effective. He's super athletic, he's super strong, but like without the veteran presence of uh Levante, like he's just not sorry, I brain farted for a second. Without the veteran presence of Levante, he's just not as capable. So I thought yeah. that was a really interesting point because he's getting older. This is his 10th or 11th year in the league. Like he's not going to mm-hmm. be there forever. And like I don't high think intensity defense. Yeah. And Devin white, the way Jonathan, I think it was Jonathan Vilma, the way he was talking about and as a, he's a linebacker. So I trust, yeah. you know, his judgment. He was saying basically like once he's out of there, Devin white's going to have to grow up real fast or they're going to have to bring somebody else in. Cause super athletic, super great in coverage, great against the run. When it comes to all the physicality of football, he's awesome. But the the mental sharpness, he kind of insinuated wasn't there. Like he's got to be coached up a little. One more round. Buffalo, so, Kansas City. This is going to be, this is in Kansas City. It's going to be cold as shit. Not as, <laughs> not as much wind as Buffalo though. I don't know. This is going to be a battle of quarterbacks. This is a game we're probably going to see in the AFC for at least another five years. Um, at least one time in the playoffs. I think it's a bad matchup for Kansas City because I think Buffalo has, uh, I don't want to say as many offensive weapons, but they have offensive versatility that I think is going to give Kansas City's defense a really rough time. Josh Allen can get out of the pocket. Stephon Diggs, uh, they've got you know the three different running backs that they like to give the ball off to. I think the offensive versatility is going to be hard for Kansas City's defense to keep up with. But I still think this, Kansas City wins. Ooh, I was gonna say this right here is the AFC Championship game. By the way, yeah, the winner of this game moves on to the Super Bowl. And until I see it, I don't want to pick against Kansas City. But I think this is Buffalo's time. Oh, I think, I think shit. this is Buffalo's time. Buffalo has been. Eh, they've both been inconsistent this year, but it feels like Buffalo's been. The problem hasn't been eh, the problem was Josh Allen for a little bit, but since his get right game, he's gotten it right all the way. Whereas there's times where Kansas City like it's shocking. I can't say it's shocking they didn't score in the first quarter of that fucking Pittsburgh game because we've seen playoff games where it looks like they don't score for a half and then they go for fifty at the end of the game. Um, I don't know, man. There's just something about Kansas City this year where I'm not all the way sold. Um, it's like Pringle well, had been, a good game this past the game, of the but season. outside of Hill and Kelsey, and it's been like that for a while, they don't have a third year. Whereas, like you're saying, Buffalo kind of has 
multiple gears. Sometimes Emmanuel Sanders will pop up. Sometimes Isaiah McKenzie will pop up. Sometimes um, they'll hand it to Devin Singletary. Sometimes Cole Beasley will pop up. It's yeah, just Cole, I forgot does Buffalo Cole. have does Buffalo have uh, the coaching to put it all together at the right time? And that's what this game is going to come down to. It's going to come down to the coaches on each of the sidelines. Um, these teams are very evenly matched, but that, that's where it's going to, the game's going to be decided. All right. We're good on football. It was like good. 40 minutes of football. 47. All right. Moving on. We're talking NBA. Joe, only a couple things we want to talk about here this week since we did go really long with football. Kevin Durant uh, sprained MCL in his left knee, came on Saturday, uh, out four to six weeks. What do you think is going to happen? Just a couple of things I want to throw out there. The Nets did go 16 and three when Durant wasn't on the court last year. Um, Also, their next, I think, 13 Games are away, so Kyrie will be eligible to play. Um, what do you think is happening? Um, I think their playoff position slides quite a bit here. Um, but as I tinfoil had it earlier this season, a couple weeks ago, that's to their benefit at this point. They yep. don't want to be a top four team. Um now, hopefully Kevin's healthy and comes back healthy, but they don't want to be a top four team because of this Kyrie situation. You want to be able to have that game seven on the road. So this actually plays in the long run to their benefit. Um, and I don't think they'll win all those home games. I mean, all those road games because they're going to be facing tougher teams. And Kyrie, as good as he is, hasn't gotten to that level of uh ascension that he's used to playing at. Uh he'll get there during this trip, but the inconsistent gameplay kind of has it, it's shown in some aspects. So I think this game this this situation will play into their benefit because one, it gets him more in a rhythm, you know, not playing with KD. Um but yeah, it, it's interesting to see if they slide and how much they will slide. Yeah, I think they're going to slide, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as a lot of people are making it out to be. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be all right. And then Duran will come back. Uh, Draymond, in other injury news, Draymond Green is going to be out two more weeks. So he had an injured hey. calf. Uh, they thought it was a calf injury, but then upon further review, mm. slip disc in his back, which was aggravating wow. his calf because of the way he was walking. So yeah, a couple Shoots huge like injuries to key on, so. players. Yeah, uh, huge injuries to key players on key teams. Um, you wrote this, but I wasn't sure what you meant. Tell you put Celtics in a tailspin. Um, Celtics from, are the tenth seed. Okay, so the when I read it and saw tailspin, I was like, they've won their last like six games. But Not you are right. Games. Mm-hmm. They have won the last one, two. They've won the last five out of six. Yeah. Going against dominant teams like the Knicks and the Pacers. Uh, <laughs> no, but in that time, they did beat the Bulls, uh, which is the number one team in the East. Uh, yeah. But we said this. This is interesting because normally there are ebbs and flows in the NBA. Normally teams go on runs or losing streaks, hot streaks, whatever. The Celtics 
since this season started and we were talking about the NBA have been almost exactly at 500 the entire season. And that's, if you remember, that's how last season started too. They were constantly hovering around 500. It's bizarre. There's no like up or down. Like it's literally, I mean, obviously there's a little ebb and flow, but I remember when we first checked it, they were like four and five. And we, <laughs> I checked it later on in the season. They were like 16 and 18. And now they are 22 and 23. They're always right in there. Um, so, uh, I don't think, um, I wanted to talk more. Oh yeah. 23, 22. Damn. I was like, man, I'm going to call him. Cause he was wrong. He tried to correct me and then I was wrong. But, uh, I wanted to talk about this team should be so much better. You and I, we were talking about this on the discord and basketball. When you have young teams that have early success, they normally lose, but then it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, well, it was definitely, you know, they're too young. This team this core roster had made the conference championship three times um, and they are not getting any better. There's no like, no. Oh, they got experience now. In fact, they're getting worse. Obviously. So, Clearly. so I don't know what the solution is. I really don't want to say split up Tatum and Brown, but you, you might have in the to. Season, I know, they got to get rid of one of those guys. And we well, know which be one Brown they're going to get rid Tatum. of. I mean, yeah, there's not, say we know which one it's going to be. Yeah, so. it's not. there's not a question there if it is. If they have to pick one, there's not going to be a question about it. But even though I take alert, Brown is the better player. Oh! Brown is the better overall player, whereas Tatum is the better scorer. Better offensive player, yeah. Yeah. But Brown plays better defense and and passes the ball. Yeah. And Brown also incredibly underrated. So this is a weird follow me here. Track with me. So Brown was underrated coming out, outplayed Mm -hmm. his positioning in the draft. But because he was so undervalued, I think that translates long term to GMs undervaluing him now in a trade scenario. When you say Mm -hmm. Tatum, everyone goes, oh, early pick star of the franchise leader of the team. When you say Brown, they go, ah, he's kind of a late rounder. Wasn't projected to go that high. You know, it's funny. They both were third picks. Yeah, but wasn't Brown. Brown just wasn't. Nobody was coveted Brown. Everyone said he was a reach. Yeah, I was about to say, nobody coveted Brown. Yeah, he so was that's a third the, pick overall. Yeah, and Tatum so was also a third pick overall. That's weird because they seem so drastically yeah, far it apart. It seems so. Because uh, Tatum was like, everyone was like, oh my God, maybe he'll fall to us. Yeah. And I said going into that draft, Tatum should have been the number one pick. He was the best person in that draft. And he was the best person in that draft. Uh, but does that make sense what I'm saying? No, no, no. Logically. What you're saying does make sense. Yeah, I think you get more Brown if you traded Tatum pick. because they'd be like, oh, yeah, even though Brown on paper is the better player. Brown was a player that had to get molded to where he is at this yep. point, whereas Tatum Absolutely. was, everybody thought he was a ready-made product. So hot take alert, maybe trade Tatum. Maybe. Um, and the last thing, Brennan, I put this on here because it, it's an interesting thing to think about every year. Every year we talk about how how difficult the West is, how much yep. there are better teams out, out in the West. And it doesn't seem that way this year. It seems like the roles have been reversed and eventually they were going to have to be reversed uh, because it yeah. couldn't be the same thing for so long. Um, yeah, it's cyclical. But it took so long is the thing. There's... The, the t- are the teams in the East just better now? 
Okay, so I saw you put this on here. I think I think the teams in the East compared to the East are better. But let's just go through this real quick. Um, just we'll do the top five. Chicago Bulls, Miami Heat, Brooklyn Nets, Cleveland Cavaliers, or Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, we'll do six so I can include the 76ers. <laughs> or are you taking the Western Conference six? Suns, Warriors, Grizzly, Jazz, Mavericks, and Nuggets. I mean, obviously... I would take five out of the six from the West before I take. And then I would take one out of the six from the East. So I'm still giving the nod to the West. I'm still giving the edge to the West, but I do think the East is definitely a lot more competitive this year than it has been in years past. Mm. So, okay. So the East, the E, the West is more top heavy. Um, Yeah. Oh, for sure. The reason I the reason I ask is just because I mean and there were years when the East like the eighth seed back when you stopped it at eight which was two years ago uh, there are times where the eighth seed would be like forty one and forty one and the what eighth seed in the West would be like four you had to have forty eight wins to make it into the playoffs on the West side whereas now on the West you got teams under five hundred sneaking into the bracket and the Lakers are at five hundred and they're number seven. I mean, Whereas yeah, but seven also, in the East is four games clear of 500. The Chicago Bulls are number one in the East at 27 and 15. That would put them at fifth in the West. Good point. I mean, look. But then at, after that fifth <laughs> in the West, that would put them at fifth in the West? Yeah. Mavericks yeah, yeah. are 25 and 19. They're fifth. Yeah, technically it would. But then you have a bunch of East teams before you get to the Mavericks. I see what you're saying, but yeah, you have the but next then, six teams out of the East before you get to the Mavericks again, though. Yeah, but those are the top teams in the East, and they'd be in the middle of the pack in the West. We're saying the same thing, but they would fill up the West. They would they would kick out the rest of the Western teams. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, the West is definitely more top heavy. Um, the top that matters, the playoff seating. Uh, but the East is deeper. Yeah, I was going to say the East is deeper. The East is not as formidable, but it's deeper. Whereas the West, the top five teams, I'd take over everybody in the East. Mm. You know what one of those teams are? Except maybe the Jazz because they peaked too early. One of those teams is the Memphis Grizzlies. Our. Yeah. Our Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) I thought you were going to say the Denver Nuggets because they're at six. But I would definitely take the Nuggets over almost all the East teams as well. Jamal Maybe Murray coming back. That quick. Quick. Maybe hits. Quick hit. All right. We're going to do a couple of quick hits. Biggest topic in the tertiary world of sports is tennis. The Australian Open, Novak Djokovic, Ocean Priyatna, he uh, was deported from Australia Booty. for vaccination status. Um, controversy that he might be barred from the French Open because France has a similar uh, vaccination uh, requirement mandate. for tr- mandate for travelers. So, Joe, what did you take from this? Um, Djokovic is Djokovic Djokovic is a clown and he's been since the start of the pandemic he had like a fucking tennis clinic to- tournament thing or whatever in Serbia that a bunch of people ended up getting COVID from like, of course he has not been the most careful when it's come to this. He has tried to shirk the, uh, the laws in 
in Australia by saying he had an exemption without having an exemption, then getting the exemption Straight from lie. the tennis people. And then the, te- the tennis people eventually kowtow to him because he's the number one tennis player in the world right now. But eventually the Australian government was like, no, th- th- we don't run on tennis, goddammit. We are a country that yeah. has citizens that we're telling to stay in the house, but we're just going to let this guy walk around willy-nilly. No, that's not a, that's not a good look. So... I think he will be barred from the French, and that's two tournaments he'll miss this year. Now he'll probably get a chance to play in uh, in the U.S. and he'll probably get a. And I don't know what England's standings are going to be as far as for Wimbledon, but yeah, it, you, you you can't you can't get around the laws of countries just because you're that big. The, the law doesn't revolve around you. The world doesn't revolve around you. Yeah, as a. Um Someone who's fresh off the boat Serbian, I like to root for Novak Djokovic, but this is this is no longer my account. Like you can't. It's one thing when you're really good and you're at the top of your game and you're at the top of your sport. I understand there's a certain level of uh, kind of arrogance that comes with that, but this is just fucking stupid. Yeah, like you you lied about it, you faked it. You lied about it again, and then they deported you. And that's exactly what they should have done. I'm glad Australia was like, fuck tennis. Who gives a shit about tennis? That man. Speaking of fuck. Sorry. Maya is being uh, very difficult. Uh, Next next one. Uh, I'm hosting this week, so I got to keep going. Coaches fired in the NFL. We had this. Joe had this. Called it last week. Right after we got done recording. Uh, the powers to be over in uh, the New York Giants facility listened to the podcast and they said, you know what? That Joe Dorville's got a really good point. We're going to fire mean, Joe Judge. I, I'm This is bittersweet because I, I wanted him to be there while the Eagles got good, good. So that nah. we potentially beat them, even though we lost a game to them this year, which was the most confounding game. That game made me so upset. Um but he had to go. He he had made all these weird declarations and proclamations yep. and holding people hostages for these weird rants. And then the product he put on the field every week was just so porous that you couldn't justify keeping him. I completely agree. Um, I, in fact, I changed my pick last week from... Uh, Pete Carroll, I changed it to Joe Judge after you made such a compelling argument. But Pete Carroll uh, apparently had talks with upper management in Seattle, and there is no chance of him ever leaving, at least <laughs> for next season. Uh, they said everything's all good. I think this is good, but I mean, Giants, this will be their fourth head coach in five years. Can't do that. Cannot do that. No sort of growth can come from that. That's why I'm glad we got Urban out of there when we did. Just rip the band-aid off. Next coach four and will five be our coach. Years? I think it's four and five years, or maybe it's four and six years. This will be the fourth head coach in six years, I think. That sounds a little more right. Maybe it's third. Who knows? But it's a lot. Um, the other firing, David Cully, Houston Texans. This Man, was the I pastor thought... guy, wasn't it? With the who? No, oh, the no, pastor guy is the like GM. The GM. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, this was the sacrificial lamb. When he got hired, I said he's going to be a one-year head coach um, because he's inheriting a terrible team, a terrible situation with Deshaun Watson. But then when he got there, he seemed – I mean, he took all the bulls for all the upper management and for the Deshaun Watson situation. 
And then they played well. They won games. They won games nobody thought they would win. And after Black Monday, uh, I thought he was going to survive. I thought they were going to give him more opportunity because, you know, he exceeded expectations. And they they sacked him. They canned him. Uh, he was the scapegoat. They won more games this season or I think the same amount of games as they did when Deshaun Watson was the quarterback the previous year when J.J. Watt was on the field the previous year. So for him to exceed expectations with such a a depleted roster, it's travesty that his one coaching opportunity, his one head coaching opportunity, and most likely his only head coaching opportunity is going to be, it's a farce. Yeah, you're not, he's not going to come back from that. And it was all, it was a, it was a, what do they say? It was a Travis Sham mockery. No, it was a house of cards. It was built on a, a straw no. foundation. Uh, real quick, one of corrections and errors. Um, this will now be the fifth coach. Fifth coach in six years for the New York Giants. Fifth coach? Fifth coach in six years. I You made me question it, so I double-checked. Ben McAdoo. 16 to 17, Steve Spagnolo, 17, Pat Shermer, 18 to 19, Joe Judge, 20 to 21. Hey, wait, hold on. Are we counting interim coaches? That's what it sounds like. It's throwing me off. I sir. just counted I Wikipedia list of Giants head coaches after Tom Coughlin. It's Ben McAdoo, Steve Spagnolo, Pat Shermer, Joe Spagnuolo Judge. Spagnolo sounds like it was one game. I'm just reading the I'm reading the notes. I'm just, man. I'm just hearing what I'm so just on paper, this will be their fifth head coach in six years. <laughs> I'm um, just yeah, David Cully got a bad bad deal on this one. There's no nobody. You could resurrect Vince Lombardi, and that team is not that team's only gonna go five hundred, maybe. Oh, not four and twelve. Whatever they went. But, all right, let's get out of here because you're done. Mine's getting restless. We gotta get yeah. out of here. All right. Let's uh, start moving now. on. No walk we'll bring this you week, the press so conference in, in its entirety. Joe, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Don't forget to head over to my website, joedorval.com. If you want to check out my music under the moniker headphone, Joe, no, oh, no, E in the phone. That's TV and TV season two. Also, you can check out my merch store at Joe Dorville backslash store. Brennan. Brennan T comedy.com. I also do comedy. Um, got some shows coming up here in New York City. Check out the website for that. Brennan T comedy.com. Brennan T comedy on all social media. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Just look up. You just Google X drinking buddy. It'll come up. Uh, it's a fun podcast. I have uh, musicians Good on SEO. comics on artists on what? Good SEO. If you just Google uh, X yeah. ring buddy, you come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worked hard on that, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have people on and then uh, we hang out and talk uh, about old drinking stories, party stories, getting in trouble stories, doing drug stories. Everyone's got those stories. So I have different uh, people, um, creatives on and we talk about their craziest stories and then I share some of mine. So that's a lot of fun. Also, um, check out. Brennan T. I, yeah, just at Brennan T. Comedy everywhere else. Don't I merch store? That's all on the website. You can find it. Check it all out. And don't forget to go to anulo.co. Brennan, get out, get us out of here because I gotta go to work soon.
Yeah, you got to go to work. I need to take my out. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Shout out Buddha Baker. Glad you're feeling all right, buddy. That's a big old hit. That was a big hit. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leia, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.